0: Bonw's
1: potential podcast.
0: Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more This is
1: Potential Picks Hello, welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks Well, we as a family talk about movies we like as a family. Okay, let's get that (laughs) over with. So, (laughs) we are here with another episode of Potential Picks. It's me, Chris, joined by my co-host, Taylor. And today, we're going to discuss the latest edition of the Fast and the Furious franchise, F9. uh, Also known as F9, the Fast Saga, or Fast and the Furious 9. Either way, it's the ninth film of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Technically, the tenth, as we also had Hobbs and Shaw in their spinoff movie. But here we are, F nine. Uh, you know, we didn't uh, F eight, if you will. Fast eight came out in two thousand seventeen, so it's been a couple years. Yeah. Um, since our last uh, edition, but we're gonna do a spoiler review today because it's so hard to talk about these films without really talking about all the big things that happen. So here is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. So you know what, Taylor? Here we are talking about Fast 9. This was written by Daniel Casey and Justin Lin. And Justin Lin back to direct. He's directed quite a few of the Fast movies. So this being, you know, you kind of had your homework out for you because you had never seen these films before. And you did your due diligence. You binged all of the movies. To lead up to watch Fast Nine, so here we are at Fast Nine. What were your kind of thoughts? Seeing you know, how you, you know, you kind of had the uh, the literally the Fast and Furious shoved into your face over the course of just a matter of days.
0: Yeah, I furiously watched them very fast. <laughs>
1: yeah, where are you sitting with this uh, franchise? Here we are at F Nine. Yeah.
0: Well, to be fair, I'd seen the first three. Um, okay. About I I would say about over almost ten years ago when I was in when I in college, but that was about it, and I don't really remember them that well because I really wasn't paying attention. It wasn't like a a franchise that had followed closely. So I was like, well, if we're gonna review this, I gotta go back. So you know, going back and watching them like um, an, a high octane, um, you know, not to not to quote too many films, but uh, you know, uh, quote car references, but it was uh, quite quite the binge. I don't think I've done a binge quite like this. It was interesting to kind of watch them all in synced and um, leading up to this film. I love to say, you know, there throughout the franchise, there are some that are more my favorite than others, and it's not necessarily ones that you know in chronological are better than others, you know. But uh, yeah, this one was uh, this one was kind of interesting. This one was kind of like uh, Fast and Furious Nine. Uh, Can we make more money? You know, it's like uh, it it wasn't uh, necessarily, you know, a game changer for the franchise. Let's just say that it wasn't uh, it didn't break as many barriers. Let's just
1: say, yeah, this one, you know, I feel uh, I feel eight was really good. It was really strong. And of course, that end sequence of eight was insane of this whole uh, chase out on the ice and this giant submarine and the rock because of the. Taking a torpedo with his bare hands and turning it so can go, you know, it can go—you know—it was over the top as it usually is in these films. And that was the last time we had all the characters, like the majority of all the characters we had over the franchise in the one film. Then we had the spinoff Hobbs and Shaw, which I actually thought was a lot of fun. Um, and you could tell that the franchise has just kind of accepted that. Although there is still a lot of car situations, it has definitely evolved into this super spy thriller. Uh, saving the world situation more than what it used to be, which was street racing and selling essentially old, uh, you know, DVRs, if you will, is kind of what the the first yeah. movie, you know, it's not it's not at all something that was a saving the world element, but that's what these movies have grown into. Yeah, if
0: you went back and talked to young Vin Diesel from the first oh, God, one, would yeah. he be saving the world? Uh, he'd be like, what? <laughs>
1: He'd be like family. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the big the big spin for this was that we're going to be introduced to uh, Dom's brother, Jacob. And so you're thinking, well, if had Vin Diesel has been the head of this franchise since the beginning, uh, you got to have someone just as big, if not bigger, to play his brother. So it was not a surprise to see John Cena cast as Jacob for this. As John Cena has definitely stepped up to be a fellow, uh, you know, huge action star type character. Who, uh, you know, after his wrestling days, uh, following the steps of others such as Batista before him, um, he's definitely started to have quite a quite a roster of roles he's done. And of course, he's also stepped into some of the comedy uh, element. And we know he's got, you know, he's coming up with the movie, uh, The Suicide Squad but um so i thought that was a smart choice in terms of just you have to have someone that you know we've already had who can, the rock yeah who, well who can match that intensity sizing up to, to vin diesel yeah who could be uh on par but so knowing that that was the main plot of f9 really is it breaks down to all of a sudden jacob has come back years after uh you know we get a lot of uh flashbacks in this movie to see uh what what was the event that kind of tore uh, Dom and his brother apart? And um, I you know I want to go off for of that for just a bit there, Taylor. So we we've seen this happen a lot in films of uh, uh, flashbacks where they might de-age people. This was not the case. They actually did hire two young actors to play young Dom and young Jacob. So. There was a lot of flashbacks for this film. I mean, a huge chunk of this movie was in comparison
0: to, to any of the film, exactly.
1: Any of the film. So what were your thoughts on that? We had, let's see here, we had Vinnie Bennett, who played Young Dom, and then we had Finn Cole, who played Young Jacob. I thought they both did a great job. Uh, they yeah. looked, you could tell the progression would have looked to who you know the main actors are. But um, you know, we had this whole backstory of their dad and uh you know, what kind of goes on with him throwing it, throwing the match to make some money, you know, which we see in wrestling and other sports events. Sometimes you got to take the fall, but what did you think of the dramatics of this whole, like breaking the brothers apart through their father's death and this accidents, this, this NASCAR kind of race accident thing.
0: Well, it was interesting to see, you know, how it affected them differently based on their relationship with him. Uh, casting choices are great. Uh, especially Finn Cole, who played young Jacob. I have followed him, um, and his kind of breakout role in the TNT series Animal Kingdom, which is ah, a kind of yeah. spinoff of an Australian film. And so he and that's a very dramatic um kind of crime drama. So it it was interesting to see him play this. I remember that one scene though when um you see obviously Dom, young Dom's, you know, reaction to his father, you know, being blown to bits, and then you see his his brother, and the brother looked creepy, like you know, yeah. like I'm I'm happy you're gone. I did or something it. Like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, it was kind like, of weird. It was a little intense. So I thought that was really, really interesting to do that. I mean, if you're going to have to bring up a brother that we've never heard about, they knew existed, you had to do this to do it justice. And um, I really thought that was well done to really kind of add to the intensity. Um, But I would have liked more scenes with older, you know, obviously um, present-day Dom and present-day Jacob. I would have loved to see a little bit more sparring, you know, verbally with them. But I think we got you know, a nice little bit with the flashbacks. I thought that was very, very well done. I like the, I like the kind of the, the 1980s look. Oh, this is the past. How it's kind of grainy and everything. Of course we get a nice casting of kind of their mentor or pseudo fodder figure, uh, Michael Roker, uh, who is amazing speaking of uh, comic books. Uh, so that was really great.
1: Another actor we'll see coming up in the Suicide Squad.
0: Which is oddly enough, oddly enough, when I saw this trailer, I saw the Suicide Squad trailer before this movie. So it was really funny.
1: Oh, there you go. So you saw... Someone with that long hair in the trailer. Um yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I liked I liked this plot because it had to be something that it had to be, you know, obviously these movies have grown into such ridiculous plots that you needed something grounded that actually made sense. It wasn't just some ridiculous or the top situation to tear them apart. So I thought it was a very human choice of, you know, uh the the how each character viewed this event and how it changed them and to the point where. You know, Dom being someone that, you know, although we joke about all the time, how much he really does have a uh, respect and a protective nature about family. Um, If you're someone that's going to go against the family, uh, very much mafia style, you're out. And so that's, you know, it was like, we're going to race and I know what you did. And if you win, you can stay. If you lose, you're out. You're out for good. And so you could see how that would tear them apart. And then it looks like a good 20 plus years before they'd see each other again. So um but you know then there's that so like there's that that little plot throughout the movie these flashbacks to obviously lead into why these two are having uh this you know arguments and why you they're know, you know literally excuse, fighting each other
0: great excuse to bring back jordana brewster mia toretto because you know I'm having her not in the last being time, the
1: sister so. yes and of course you know the thing that's always been it's been interesting how they've handled this since uh, the unfortunate passing of paul walker uh, but the character, Brian, is still alive. He still exists in this world. He's just off camera. He has gone out of the game. So uh, ever since Fast 7 ended, he uh, the character's still alive. Um, he's just not, obviously, in picture. And Paul, does, he did have two brothers. Uh, uh, you know, he's survived by two brothers that they look very similar to him. So it was interesting at the end of this movie, without, you know, kind of jumping around here, there was a the little tease towards are we going to get some kind of form of brine for the future i mean i'm assuming uh fast 10 if they get to fast 11 that would be it i don't think this is going to be a, a franchise that's going to continue forever um and yes taylor i do like your idea of fast 10 your seat belt. uh yeah. so <laughs> but um i have to bring up so although that all makes sense in such a human like okay you can buy that the thing that this movie really started to do that has grown throughout the films but this is to the nth degree is how much stuff can happen to our characters and they do not get hurt they don't take a scratch a bullet like and and this is something then now the movie is even commenting on itself yeah, it's
0: it's, it's self-referent self-referencing itself uh with uh Tyrese Gibson which is is just hilarious this little little bit of moment when he's just like how are we are we invincible like what is this so yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just like <laughs> nobody and here's the thing even when people die they still happen to come back oh that was a fake out and then this just gets annoyed me because like oh well and then we get the return of han
1: which was a great character i loved his character in the earlier films i did too
0: uh, i was really bummed that they had
1: taken him out and again you know we we're talking about this before we start recording the the situation that characters in this franchise, if you're the villain within two movies, you are now the good guys with the part of the team. And obviously you didn't Statham- Not even
0: it could be within a scene. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I saved your life. You know, hold me up. I'm like <laughs> Guess yeah. what? I'm part of the good guys now. It's just like this. Only in the Fast and Furious franchise can a villain turn that quickly. It's like they should be in the next film. They should just be like Oh, he's the bad guy? Don't worry. We'll just talk about family and he'll be part of our group.
1: <laughs> but, you know, we, we knew that what well, we believed it was that Jason Statham's character wasn't, you know, the one who killed Han. But, yeah, this, this plot of Han made a deal with Kurt Russell's character, Mr. Nobody. It would fake his death so that he could work for him. So this is a way to bring back Han for this film. And, you know, for the most part, I bought it. I mean, I guess it was kind of neat to have him back But I feel like even though that was a big plot point, he didn't really do a whole lot being back the rest of the film. It wasn't like he had anything monumental that made me like, oh, that was why he needed to be brought back. Maybe uh, it'll continue in the, the next film. But, you know, overall, this main plot of this device that John Cena's character is after that is, once again, these kind of ridiculous sci-fi plots of some device that's going to allow you to control every device uh, around the globe. They're always
0: named after someone myth- mythical, Ares or oh, the, you know, Moses.
1: Because <laughs> like, it'll be the god of war. And if you're, if you control everything, you control war. And it's like, it's just, yeah, ridiculous. And so these like, oh, we got to get these two halves and, and you know, the, the quest. So And then
0: where's the key?
1: Just so we can get you know different locations in the one film because obviously these films they love to have various locations but really looking at the stunts in this film i mean it it, it gets to points where the physics just don't make sense it's ridiculous i mean there's there's a part that it, it's not even a spoiler for the spoiler review because it's in the trailer there's a, a time where they are supposed to be going across this rickety bridge like Indiana Jones the bridge is collapsed and Vin Diesel <laughs> decides to drive full force at this literally like the bridge is being held together by basically like wires and somehow he (laughs) times it so that this thing can clasp onto his tire as he goes off the cliff and then the thing pulls tight and he flips the car over to this other island and i mean you're like that would never work in a million years. It's just so dumb.
0: And how many times they use, use momentum to like launch themselves from a car to like save someone or like, and they land on cars and they're not hurt. Like if you fell full force on the hood of a car, your back is shot to,
1: you know. Or if, you, uh, if you're if you standing on a truck or a car and you crash into a billboard and you just shake it off like it was nothing, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would yeah. that would take you out. That's kind of the gist of these movies now, is they are somewhat invincible over the top. Uh, it just it's just so ridiculous. That whole end sequence uh, with that giant armored kind of like train thing that they have and trying to flip it. and the whole idea in this movie of magnets and using these giant powered magnets to push cars, flip things, to pull things in. I mean, it gets to some ridiculous uh, sci-fi style stuff in here yeah i mean walt
0: walter white and jesse pinkman would have been proud
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it even leads us to uh uh this is you know uh, been a long-running joke that this franchise would finally do it but uh there is a whole section in this movie you know of them going to space uh Gibson and ludicrous do end up in a car that has been launched into space <laughs> uh, for a, part, a chunk of this movie. And they're like, no one's ever going to believe us. And it's just, you're like, oh my gosh, this this is actually part of this movie. They are literally in space. And not just like on a rocket. They're a car that was turned into a rocket because it has to be a car because it's Fast and Furious. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's you know, looking at where the continuation of this series is going to go. We did have Charlize Theron back as Cypher, who was the main villain. Uh, for number 8 and she's not really doing a lot in this film she's kind of like the behind the scenes villain and then she kind of makes her kind of final stand at the end but obviously she's not dead We know she'll be back so I wonder where they're going to go with her character and what ultimately she wants I mean clearly now you can tell she probably really wants revenge on these characters because she's now been foiled twice and you look at hobbs and shaw obviously because hobbs and shaw was was made um it was agreed that those two characters were not meant to be in fast nine but at this point it really seems like they're trying to build towards probably some grand finale whether that be one or two movies and it could be one of those like you know fast 10 part one fast 10 part two situations
0: you know? maybe film back to but that, yeah.
1: you know i wonder how they're going to end this whole thing because I, you, you, you want The Rock back. You want Jason Statham in it. You want any characters that uh, can come back. Uh, it was great. We had Helen Mirren, you know, uh, who obviously is the mother of, uh, you know, Jason Statham's character. So that was kind of fun to have. Um, and obviously his sister being in Hobbs and Shaw. So, like, you could tell they're really trying to work to include as many characters from the franchise, including, like, you know, a few of the characters in this movie were from Tokyo Drift. So like I like that there was a lot more characters in this film, um, but overall I just kind of felt like this movie went too big, too ridiculous, to no true like, oh I can't wait for number ten. It wasn't it didn't leave me to the same way that the previous ones had. I actually did feel like walking away kind of going well. There was a few good stunts, a few funny lines, but nothing really memorable in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would agree, and I I should know because I just watched all of them in succession. Yeah, just all of them. So, and I can tell you all the plots. I they didn't, they kind of blend together, but not necessarily. Um, but yeah, I mean, with characters like that are still out there in the the world of Fast and Furious, there's a lot they could still do. You know, one thing was kind of um, they didn't have when after going back and watching these, um, they didn't have um, Luke Evans um, Owen Shaw. Uh, So it'd be kind of cool to bring the other Shaw brother that he's still alive out there. Um, So you still have that character. You still have a couple other, you know, things that they could do. Um, So, you know, who knows what they're going to do next. Now that they do have Fast 10 coming. um, But, yeah, I would agree. It's definitely not, I mean, if you want a good action, like, it's good, but I say in comparison to the other ones, there's a lot better action set pieces uh, than this one. These are, it's kind of, uh, I think the humor is good, but again, it doesn't necessarily add much more to the franchise than what's already been done previously.
1: Yeah, and it's, and you know, we kind of were left off too with Hobson Shaw. Like Idris Elba's character is still out there, and there's a whole uh, you know we we're, we've been used to now this Mister Nobody, but there was a whole kind of um, AI almost sounding organization that uh, also wants world domination. So there, I feel like they could accumulate everything into one big final story
0: and if you and if you stick around for the mid credits you do get a little bit of face-to-face little, time
1: well little, yeah a little statham funny you get know, to see a really a ghost from his past um and there was rumors of when when Hobbs and Shaw came out there was some rumors that the voice that you hear that is commanding intraselba and that kind of computer voice here maybe that was Han um that was uh uh, talking so I don't know I, I feel like there's so much they could do I think they need to hone it in a little more and you know this being obviously a movie about family and I was saying that you, the villain can turn into a good guy instantly um, even though this movie was heavily promoted to have John Cena as the villain by the end he helps out and is redeemed and is now going to be a good guy for the next film so you know I'm like Uh we're just, you know, we're waiting for, I guess really what could happen is fast ten will be whatever and fast eleven, Charlize will then be one of the good guys. And you know And And then
0: it'll be and then it'll be her sister who's who's that, my sister. Or maybe it's gonna be them in the retirement home and they're racing scooters.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which this point could could be the case. So who knows, yeah. You know, I I I kind of look at it as a not bad, a good afternoon watch, but not anything I was waiting for opening night. Uh, and I, I, I just hope that they hone it in a little more for uh, the future installments. But, uh, you know, these movies make a lot of money. It's why they keep making them. So that's my final say on Fast 9. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us.